Welcome the fuck back, everybody, to the Inside Us podcast. And today I've got a wonderful guest that you may or may not have met before. If you've ever been in the Marine Corps and you wanted to become a Marine, you might have met him on the recruiting station. You might have met him at Paris Island. Yeah, could have seen him anywhere. But I'll tell you what, you can see him in the podcast realm now as a up-and-coming entrepreneur, my good friend, Douglas Bennett, the owner and host of Semper Sometimes. What's up, buddy? What's going on, man? (laughs) So I literally, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. We're all figuring this out. We're going to have the same conversation again. We're all figuring this shit out. And now, did Papa forget to turn on screen record? Yes, I did. Did we have to restart this whole intro? Yes, we did. But hey, we're figuring it out as we go. And, um, you know, sometimes it's okay to get a little unprofesh. Yeah. It's all right to get unprofesh. So, you started the podcast. Um, why don't you tell everybody, one, what your podcast is about. And two, what kind of pushed you into that direction? Um, so first of all, um, I'll kind of just go in what pushed me into the direction. Um, so I, so actually, it was something that I wanted to do while I was on recruiting duty. Um, I brought it up to a lot of my command members, um, and I had this idea about because um, when you, when you're on Marine Corps recruiting duty, what you do is you they have these things called. Um, Mickey OBs, right? So it's a Marine Corps Enlisted Opportunities book. The Marine Corps loves acronyms, right? So it's essentially this big book um, that you open up and it has like pictures of different people and different jobs and stuff like that. So my biggest thing was I was like, I was like, listen, I was talking to the major. I was like, sir, I was like, you know what happens when I open this book? No one gives a fuck. He was like, what do you mean? I was like, sir. This is some random person in a Marine Corps uniform from wherever the fuck they're from. Bumfuck Idaho. I don't know. But yeah. I was like, but I was like, if we had the same book and it was people like Nick Rassiope from New Jersey, who is now infantryman stationed in so-and-so, graduated from this high school, it would mean so much more to them because then it'd be, they would be able to relate to it and they'd be like, oh shit, I could be that guy. Yeah, but when it's some random dude in bumfuck Idaho that you've never been to, you don't relate to it, and you don't feel like you could be that person. Yeah. So, so my my biggest thing was I wanted to do that. I just didn't have the time on recruiting duty because you just, you know, could you make it the consumes you? Could? Yeah. Yeah, it fucking it, consumes it, you. It, literally, it consumes you, man. And um, and it's too late. By the time you figure out how to balance things, it's just so far gone. Um, yeah, it's time to it's time to but, move back to your yeah, normal job. Yeah, and um, so I got off recruiting duty, and um, all of a sudden one day, and so I, when I got off recruiting duty, I EAS because I'm a reservist. So when I uh, ex- I just exited active duty, right, and I went back to the reserve world, and I went back to the civilian world, and I was missing the camaraderie, like hard body. I don't, I don't live around Marines. Like I'm in New Jersey. There's no Marine Corps bases. So like I don't hang, I, I went from being with Marines for four straight years, every single day, 365 to now being with civilians and not having that camaraderie. So I was yeah. like, so I was like, 
I want to start a podcast. I was like, I want to, I just said to my wife one night, I was just having a couple of beers and I was like, you know, I'm going to fuck, I was like, I'm going to fucking start a podcast. Yeah. And she, and she was like, well, what are you going to talk about? And I you was know, what's like, super funny. My wife said the same shit to me. She's like, oh, you're going to start a podcast. Like, first of all, what the fuck are podcasts? Second yeah. of all, like like what would you even talk about like she's i think everybody has like the mindset that a podcast can literally it's like talk show like like the radio host like yeah. welcome back to 101.5 and yeah. we are just here yeah. we today we have porky the pig who is the state fair's uh mascot and he wants to give us some oink oinks and it's like that's not that's not yeah. what the fuck this is well, and, and that's the thing is everybody that I tell, like, oh, I started a podcast. So like, oh, well, what is it about? And it's like, so a lot of the ideas and the way that I'm going with it, I got a lot of it from, uh, I don't know if you've heard his podcast, but Andy Frisella, he has a podcast called Real AF. Yeah. And um, I brought fucking, I listened to that podcast every fucking day. Like, yeah. literally, I listened, like today alone, I listened to like three episodes. And um, how long are the episodes, bro? It it there it depends, man. Like yeah, it's good. He he drops like tw- like today, like yesterday, he dropped a twelve minute episode, then he dropped a fifteen minute episode, and then he has an episode that went an hour and forty seven minutes. Yeah. So like, and that's kind of what I did because like a lot of people were like, oh, you got to do drip content, and I was like, listen, man, I feel like I want to just get as much content as I can and then drop it, and then once I have a better avenue and i have more listeners then maybe i'll start only doing once a week or whatever but at the same time like i'm not doing this for money i'm not doing this for clout i'm literally just doing it because yeah it's something that i love it's important to you people i love talking to people i love bullshit with people i love marines i love the military um so yeah and that's so so what i'm trying to do essentially um is I have a lot of episodes that are about recruiting duty. Um, right now, I have like seven episodes about recruiting duty. Um, I have like three episodes about alcoholism. Um, I have one episode. I have two episodes that are uh, dedicated to a friend of mine named Pat. Uh, yeah. Who died, who died from cancer. Um, I'm actually about to do a third episode with his with one of his junior Marines that he was in charge of in Afghanistan. Yeah. So he's going to tell us his stories because Pat died from cancer. But his family just talks to us about their views. So what I was really trying to do was I was trying to um, a huge part it feels like a lot of the people go unnoticed, right? So like, and this isn't bashing like Kyle Carpenter or any of those major, you know, influencers we have out there, those Medal of Honor recipients. But you know, there's so many people who die overseas or die at home that you'll never hear of. You'll never. They're faceless. Hear their name. Yeah, they're faceless. And yeah, and and on and on top of that, you also their families get forgotten, you know, through you know the families get forgotten, right? And and you know, and and for me being a recruiter for four years, like when people say thank you for your service, I, bro, that shit goes over my shoulder now because yeah. because you'll have the same conversation with somebody, and they'll say hey, thank you for your service, and then in the same instance you'll be like hey, well, what about your son? Does you want to join? Oh no 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 no, my son's too good. So like yeah. when people started saying that as like a cop out to get out of the conversation, it yeah. it kind of lost meaning for me. And um, that was so that was a big thing too. Is like, <clears throat> and I'm not I'm not bashing military members, but I, I think part of the stigma is that uh, there aren't opportunities for you to take advantage of within the military. Um, yeah. 
when I was coming up, like I knew plenty of people taking advantage of tuition assistance, taking advantage of um, uh, when they were getting out, they would they would go to like workshops and stuff. Yeah. Right, my like boy. the welding, like tradesmen schools. Yeah, so that stigma just... that it's just like infantry or nothing is ridiculous to me because I think some of the most successful people are usually prior military service members. Bro, bro, I'm going. I was telling you, I'm going to this freaking event that was created by a veteran, and it's for veterans only expos. Yeah. It's a veterans only business. Well, and there's going to be people that are there. From the Fortune 500 company, bro. Yeah. And well, that's super discriminative because I identify as a veteran. So, <laughs> but um, you're gonna have to fix that because I was in the Antifa Wars. I don't, remember, I don't know if you remember those, but I was in the Antifa Wars back in uh, 2019 and 2020. So, um, yeah, and I also identify as a spatula. Nice, I got you. Thanks, man. Um, no, like, and I get it. That's a complete and like part of me. So. For this is kind of the most open I've been about my military service, um, and I really haven't even spoken much about it. But I'm, I'm sure we'll get deeper into it as we get, as we talk more. But uh, I've always kind of wanted to keep my podcast so separate from the military, and that's just because it's not it's you're floating a fine line when you're active duty and and you're doing this stuff right. So I'm trying to keep it separate because as soon as you start bringing the military in. That's when uh, people assume that you represent the military and that your opinions are the military's opinions. Yeah. When I'm just here to tell peepee jokes. Yeah, I'm just well, up here like, grabbing the mic. That's like that's like with me, like because I'm still in the Marine Corps. I'm still, yeah. I'm I'm not an active duty Marine, but yeah. I'm still actively serving yeah. in the reserves, right? And you're so known as a recruiter I, too, so I'd imagine exactly. it's a lot harder for so you. That's why, like for me, like I, I on every on, I try to tell everybody on my podcast, like, listen, man, like. No names, and if you're if you're gonna say something, we gotta be professional as we can be. Yeah. Um. Because this the, the thing is, man, is there's so many things that go unnoticed. Yeah. And the thing is, is that like, in my opinion, right? And that's the thing. I, before I air any of my like military centralized episodes, yeah, I have one of my master guns that I'm close friends with. I'm like, hey, can you listen to this? And let me know if you think there's anything that I should just cut out or I should yep. do. And he was like, listen, man, you're allowed to have an opinion. He was like, as long as your opinion and you make sure it's voiced that, listen, I'm not speaking on behalf of the Marine Corps. Yeah. I'm just talking as Doug. And as long as you're not coming off disrespectful or anything like that, yeah. then that's, that's your good. So, it's the professionalism aspect of it. It's literally like, like if you couldn't say it at like a ballroom get together, yeah, or like yeah. like in front of an audience of like yeah. senior yeah, leaders, senior enlisted, yeah, yeah, you're not going to be able to get away with it. Well, and and it's crazy because like the, again, the reason why I started it was just to kind of spread awareness and, and also just help people out there, right? Um, and in the dude, in the past like five days, I've gotten like ten or fifteen messages on Facebook. From people like, hey, bro, your fucking podcast is helping me on recruiting duty. I like your fucking thought process. Some dude hit me up. Hey, man, can I call you for some advice today? I was yeah. like, yeah, bro. Like, let's go. I'll help you out. Like, I don't I don't care. Um, so, it, and I had a bunch of people reach out to me telling me that, that they thought it was good and shit. So, you know. Like, you know what's I, super funny is I actually got the exact opposite. So, the treatment, and this is how I knew I needed to change something. So, if you watch the progression of my episodes, like every 
every 10 or 12 episodes, something has changed where I've either improved the audio, I've either improved um, the like video quality. I'm constantly improving this thing. And I think that's why I like it so much is because it's so, it's like it's never finished, you know. Like I, I'm never truly, I think, going to be happy with it, and I think that's why I like podcasting as a as a whole. Is that it's just a lane for me to express myself. Like I have had a couple of episodes where I got myself in trouble with my spouse because I did I just cut too deep, right? What I thought was funny, it just wasn't overall right like she didn't receive it the way i was intending it to yeah but it's just super fun to one uh like own something that you're proud of and then something that you're able to express yourself and like i don't want to use this as like a conversational token right Mm -hmm. like i actually put effort into it it's not like yeah, you know, I, I run a podcast and that sounds super cool when you fucking say it. But then as soon as people give you that, oh, well, what do you talk about? And then you're like, oh, um, just stuff and things. And you're like, come on, man. Like, that's not how a professional like should be doing it. And and yeah. like, and that's what you eventually want to be. That's how you get the yeah. view- viewership usually. Yeah. But... The one I really, I specific, I'm putting uh, my Zen, Zen, you need to sponsor me. Putting my tobacco-less nicotine pouches in. Keeps me uh, wet between the ears. But, um, so I listened to the stash, right? Is it the secret stash? Yes, the secret stash, yeah. I'm aware you need a mustache to uh, get on in there. No, uh, but I, I saw you had Matt on and I it was the second uh it was the second conversation with Matt that I had seen. Yeah. Yep. So I guess after hearing you, I'm a little behind and that's okay. I'll support the fuck out of your podcast. I'll start listening more. Um so you guys got into some pretty deep subjects that I found myself um trying to answer and I, I I actually wrote some of them down to bring up right and I think one of the things that you had mentioned was um, like accountability like extreme accountability right and like owning up to your things I think this is a this isn't a military issue this isn't a uh, governmental issue this is like worldwide people everywhere like yeah you can definitely notice that people are very, uh, and I learned this actually in Europe. I just got back from Europe and Europeans, dude, I felt, so I, I bought a skateboard while I was out there and busted my ass. Like if you were to just drop this giant hawk ham onto concrete, the noise it made was exactly the noise I made when I fell off this fucking skateboard. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the thing, the difference was is that the Europeans rushed to help me. And I know if this was on a street in New York City, I probably would have got spit and shit on purposefully, right? So what I'm getting at is I think um, America has, we have evolved so hard and we've had so much freedom for so long that we're like creating issues for us to deal with rather than the shit that matters. And I think that your point to extreme accountability is like spot on. Like people really need to start, like where else in the world could you sue the company 
because their wet floor sign was six feet behind the puddle. Yeah, or because you burnt yourself on hot coffee. and there Even though it states and, and no, no, hot no, no. coffee. Well, well, now the reason why it states hot coffee is because someone burnt themselves and yeah. didn't think, oh, this is going to be hot. But, you know, it's, it's crazy that you bring that up, right? Because I was listening to that Andy Frisella podcast today. Um, and that's a, one of the, the most recent episodes was from today. And they were talking about that. And they were talking to this guy. Uh, I, I think his name was Craig Long. And he is—he was a convicted felon who was in jail for a certain amount of years. He's an African American, and um, he talks about how he got all of his constitutional rights back after being incarcerated, and how he thinks that this whole systemic racism is just—you know—like they go into the whole thing. And and the biggest thing I wrote down notes while I was like listening to it, and they were like, first of all, you need to eliminate your own excuses. Because they were like, bro, if you're if you're telling young men and women at an early age of different color that you'll never be successful because the was the government's you know against you, the, the man's holding you down. Yeah, well, then you're okay. Well, then now this young five year old kid now believes that no matter what he does, he'll never be as good as this guy. Yeah. But then you have people like this guy Craig Long, who literally was incarcerated, and he straight out says it. He's like, bro, and talking about accountability. He straight out says it. He's like, I chose to go and do such and such crime. No one yeah. forced me to do it. I chose to do that. And yeah. then I had to pay for my sins. And I had to go to jail. And I had to get out of jail. And now... And it provided... Like, it probably provided an extreme amount of, like, reflection. Well, yeah. And the, and the one thing he talks about is he ta- they go into talking about the numbers. And he's like, listen, if you look at the numbers, he's like, the numbers tell you that if you're a convicted felon, you will never be successful. But I'm not a fucking number. I'm going to be successful. So yeah. now this dude is a is a business owner, entrepreneur, yeah. who, was, who was then a convicted felon. And he's like, bro, it has nothing to do with my fucking skin color. He's like, we all make decisions. And yeah. he was like, but at the same time, we all make excuses. Yeah. And he was like, so if I sit here and I say, oh, I'll never be successful because I'm black or because this and this and this, he's like, and so they just go into, bro, they go on, they go off the rails for like an hour and 45 minutes about yeah. about the whole entire thing and about how really they, and it's kind of like, it's weird because just bringing it up, right? Because the other day I was watching um, the Avengers, I was watching um, uh, Civil War. Yeah. And, and if you think about it, you've seen them. I'm assuming you've seen the Civil War, right? Oh yeah. So, so remember at the very end when Black Panther's talking to the villain, and he goes, "Why did you do this?" And he goes, "Because I knew I wasn't strong enough to defeat them on my own, but I knew that they could defeat each other." Yeah, bro, that's the reality of it. Bro. Yeah, like, that's like that's if you, if you a metaphor for if, life, it, bro, because because it's reality, and that's what's happening in America right now. Yeah, is people. We're fighting ourselves, bro. We're literally yeah. like, you know, we're arguing with ourselves. We're arguing with each other. And it's like, do I believe? And, and again, and they talk about this in the podcast. Like, do I think racism exists? Bro, I would be fucking retarded to say racism doesn't exist. Does it exist? A hundred percent. But does it exist to the level that they're saying it does? No. I, I don't believe so. No, because it's the, it's the small that, portion with the loud voices. Well, and not only that, though, it's like they were talking about on the podcast, bro. They were like, bro, there's more white people out there arguing for this 
then there are minorities arguing for it. Like yeah. there's more white because they want to they want to feel a sense of purpose, right? And their purpose, their like fucked up idea of like being part of the culture is yeah. like arguing statements that one aren't even applicable to them, right? Like there's just like I've never lived as a black man. I'll never like no matter like coming from the hood, like I'll never experience the amount of like racism or uh, like situations that young black males or females are put in right growing up. So the, the problem that we have, and this is a quote from the great Tim Dillon. He's a comedian. Uh, I think he's out of uh, either Staten Island or Long Island. I think it's Staten Island. Uh, he said, we have too much freedom. We have too much. We have too much freedom. Right, we need to go, and he's being facetious, obviously, but uh, he's like, we, you know, we need to go back to just fucking let's do what China's doing. We'll just murder people, and we'll just get out of it, and we'll be done. You know, we'll just we'll we'll get rid of everybody. We'll start fresh. We'll start new. QAnon, everybody can go to fucking Epstein's Island. We'll go right back to normal. Well, you know what it is though, too, though, like talking about what we're talking about, right? So, the whole decisions thing, right? Having the accountability piece. Um, I'm gonna tell a story from when I was in Afghanistan, right? Yeah. Um, I'm not going to say any names. Um, yeah. So there was this young African-American Lance Corporal. Um, and he was my roommate. We were bullshitting one day. We just got back from a mission. Um, we were out doing, like, when I was in Afghanistan, we did refuel operations to follow Edinburgh. Um, and so we were just doing these missions. And then one day, and we were, bro, I was, I'm a reservist. He was active duty, but like, he, we were making money as, because as a reservist, you get the housing allowance of New Jersey. Yeah. So you're overseas banking all that money when active duty guys are like, bro, I live on base in the barracks, so I'm yep. not getting BAH, right? So I was, I was just making money. I was have, see, I had like a lot. I came home with like fifty thousand dollars, bro. Um, so fresh, and, uh, dude. Yeah. So, so, but neither here nor there. So I'm talking to this to this Lance Corporal, right? And he was from he was from Alabama. Um, and he was getting out of the Marine Corps. By the time we got home, he was going to be EASing. So I asked him, I was like, hey, man, I was like, what are you, you going to do? And he was like, bro, I'm going to take all this money and sell fucking rocks, son. And I was like, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I was like, bro, you're fucking, I'm like, you're fucking with me. And he's like, <laughs> he's, like, he's like, no. I'm like, wait, so you're telling me to get out the hood and now you're gonna go back to the same hood and sell the drugs to your same kids and your friends and your family with the money that you just went going clean for four years i'm like are you fucking like you're for real he's like yeah bro why the fuck wouldn't i abso-fucking-lutely he's a business man not a businessman so so i so the next day i'm sitting at the chow hall and there was this big, big black dude, um, African American. His name. Was... Oh fuck! I can't say that. I'll I'll clip that part out. <laughs> so um, so my dude, so this sergeant, um, he's an African American dude, and um, I go up to him and I ask him. I'm like, hey sergeant, I'm like, let me ask you a question. Man. He's like, what's up? I'm like, what would you say to somebody if they were to tell you that they joined the Marine Corps to get out the hood? And now they're going to take all this money that they saved while in the Marine Corps to go back and sell drugs in their hood. And he just goes, 
that's one dumb motherfucking. And yeah. I was like, I was like, but why do you say that? And he goes, because, bro. He was like, bro. He's like, I could go back to the hood right now because you know. But you knew, he goes, you know what I do do? I was like, what's that? He's like, all my kids and my family, they live in a nice white cushy neighborhood here in North Carolina. Yep. That's safe. We got a good education. And he was like, my kid, my children are being educated to now be better than what they could have. Because if I go back to where I came from, they're not going to have that same education. Yeah. He was like, so why would I ever put my kids back where the fuck they came from where I wasn't thriving? He was like, why would I ever go back to where... Now, mind you, if I were to go back and help other people thrive, that's a different story. But why would I go back to corrupt the place that I left? Yeah. And it's super funny, too, because I think the best answer to that question would have been, well, how much money does he have? Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's like it would be and, and that's like everybody. So obviously I'm from Jersey. Everybody's asking me like, so when you retire, like you going back up to Jersey, first of all, no. Right. The the property taxes and everything like that. But I get what you're saying. Right. Like there's to me, it doesn't seem logical to spend as much time as you do away um and if you're doing the military correctly you're learning and growing as a person uh through your adulthood you are picking up nuances and you're kind of learning from some of those senior leaders and most of them have businesses i think if you talk to usually any you know you know pretty much if they've been in for 15 plus years they probably have a side business and they probably have some extra income. I don't think I've ever really met any senior leaders that are living paycheck to paycheck. And I think that's once it's it's because once you you realize that the Marine Corps can offer a lot of things and the military can offer a lot of things. This is for all, all my peoples out there, Coast Guard, uh, even though you're, you know, we'll we'll talk about that later. Uh, National Guard, whatever, and Army, Navy, Air Force, Space Force. If you're not having the military work for you, um, you're you're missing out on the point because I think what a lot what what usually the people who like rise above and get kind of promoted quick are the are the are the free thinkers who know how to apply like management but also think of stuff individually and how they can benefit from a lot of opportunities given in the military. I mean, growing up in the military, I've been pretty much married the whole time I've been in the military, so we've saved quite a bit of money because we, you know, we've fallen on hard times, but also we've had, you know, times where we're saving, you know, damn near half a paycheck, um, per, per month or whatever. So it's like, it's insane that people would even think about that. Like that's not, it's never even been a, like a thought in my mind to fucking go back to, to what doing exactly what I did before. Um, and stagnancy, I think it's also because the military teaches us that like if you're stagnant, like you're wrong. Yeah. Like you gotta you gotta keep moving. You gotta keep going forward. Everything's push, 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 problem solve. But um that kind of leads me into one of my other points, which is uh I noticed in the conversation you guys were talking about um how guys will literally get out. And this is a pet peeve of mine. Uh, I have two veteran pet peeves and that's one of them is when you get out and you start uh, brewing coffee or any of the other generic things that guys get out and do. And two, live and kind of pry 
on their military career as like them. They let their military career define them. And they like that, like the first thing they'll, they'll, they'll introduce themselves is like a, you know, I'm retiree. Oh, and that, that just kind of forces you to ask like, Oh, like what'd you do? And then it's just a setup. It's a setup yeah. for, Oh, I was in the military. It's like, it's, it's a chapter in your life. And if you're not looking at your life in chapters, I feel like you're really doing yourself a disservice because you can always go back and reread chapters, but you can never, like if you're just writing the same chapters, you're not going to grow. There's no adversity. There's no like, there's no challenge to your life. So what, like, and I get it. Some people don't like pushing themselves or they, they might think that it's too hard to push themselves. So they stick to a lane that is easy to them. But sometimes like what you want to do isn't the easy route. Like I'm trying to be a stand-up comedian. By no means is that going to be easy. It, like 1% of comedians actually make it, right? That's a challenge in and of its own to be a good joke writer, let alone be a famous joke writer who's getting paid, you know, with, you know, uh, a lot of people have Netflix specials, Amazon specials. I'm not even thinking that far ahead. I'm just trying to be like the best comedian I can be. And... That is my goal for as like for my transition out of the military. I would like to be a touring comic that I can go to cities while I'm in the military and I'm getting a steady paycheck. So I don't have to worry about like feeding my kids off of comedy, right? Because it's going to be hard in the beginning. So you guys made the point that a lot of guys uh, and for those who don't know um, Semper Semper Sometimes. It's the Secret Stash episode two. Uh, you're with uh, Matt, and yeah, the conversation was basically <clears throat> people literally will base their whole lives off their military career. Yeah. And how many people have you seen like truly so, succeed off of the well, veteran so, so tagline? Well, no. So I, the conversation that we were really trying to have wasn't wasn't that so much. It was just that people need, some people feel like they need to be validated. Mm. So like they, like, hey man, you remember what I did, right? Hey man, you remember what the fuck I was in the Marine Corps, man? Yeah. Okay, well then why the fuck aren't you still that guy, bro? Yeah. Like, because, and some people are like, oh, well my son wasn't like some, like a friend of mine. He has a son who's 10 years old. He called me one night at 3 a.m. And he was like, "Hey, man, tell my son about what the what who I was. Why? Why does if your son first of all your son's ten years old, bro? What have that conversation with him when he's old enough to understand that, right? Yeah. And and on top of that, like, what does it matter, man? Like, you are who you are now, right? And and yep. and I think a huge part of it is just and a lot of it is, bro. It's really just a lot of people who decide to get out and then have remorse that they got out. Yeah." Because that's what it is. They see their friends yeah. still moving on in the Marine Corps. And they that's when they hit up those prior service recruiters, yeah. baby. And it, and it's just like they just talk about it and they're like, oh, I'll never go back in. But yet the people who do that shit are the ones who are the most motivated motherfuckers, dude. Yeah. Like, bro, I, I, I see I, – I, as a recruiter, I still talk to mad people, bro. And I see people on Facebook, I can't wait to get the fuck out of the Marine Corps, da, 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 da. And then all of a sudden, a month after the EAS – Yo, I miss the homies. Yo, I miss this. I can't wait to bed. And then there's dudes 
who like I remember I watched this shit happen, bro. Three friends of mine that joined, they're not friends of mine, but I knew them. They joined and they got out at the same time. Yeah. So, and they were like begging, like I can't wait to get my Blue Two Fourteen. The very next month, there was a five k for the Marine Corps in Freehold. Yeah. All three of those motherfuckers were there, and silkies, Marine Corps hoodies, Simplify. and I'm like. Bro, you were the motherfucker who was just bitching about getting the fuck out. Yeah. Like, the fuck? That's like the waiter that's like, I'm never going to go back to the food service industry. Lo and behold, they can't do that accounting job. They go right back into the food industry. Bro, and and that's why, that's literally why I named my my show Semper Sometimes, bro. Yeah. And And a lot of people ask me that, right? And a lot of Marines take it as I'm being disrespectful to the Marine Corps. Yeah, like it's belligerency. Yeah, and I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm like, listen, all I'm simply saying is I'm creating a, um, what is it called? Like a jumbo shrimp. What is it called? An oxymoron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, because semper means always and then yeah. sometimes. It's, it's always sometimes, yeah. Because the thing is, is that Marines will say it's semper fi, but at the same time, like if I were to ask you right now, and be honest, right? If I were to ask you right now, would you allow any Marine to be alone in your house with your wife without you there. No, there's no reason for it. Why not? Semper Fi, right? Yeah, until it's my guy. <laughs> but see, that's the thing, though. Because you because you only believe those two words to a certain extent. Yeah. And that's because maybe you don't trust Marines. There's a whole reason behind it. Yeah. But it's the reality of it, man. It's And that's why... Uh, that's why... Like, I, and that's a topic of discussion I really want to at some point get into with people because so many people say Semper Fi, but it's not reality to them. Yeah, it's more sometimes it's belligerency or um, I've definitely noticed that like, so I've, I've witnessed similar scenarios where guys are like, dude, I can't wait to get the fuck out. I'm going to go fucking do this. I'm going to go fucking do that. And I'm going to fucking, you know, I'm going to do whatever the hell I want to do. And then... A month, literally a month later, they're all fat and saggy. They're uh, they're depressed. They're like, I, I fucking, all my friends, because they didn't realize how much they identified as a military service member until they got out. And then they're like, oh shit. Like, that, that was like the highlight of my life. And like, it's the same people, it's like the same, it's like the jock theory, right? Like the high school football player, quarterback, whatever stops playing football he gets injured or whatever and then like they're just they're always reliving the glory days they're always looking back to high school because that was like the highlight of their life and again it comes right back to guys don't like when guys are doing their transition out of the military they don't take that transitional course very seriously so they're lap they're laughing it up they're you know they're taking the work days off or whatever they're doing their early day release and they're not genuinely setting themselves up for success. What they do is they're like, oh, yeah, my, I got this thing I'm going to do. And they put all their eggs in one basket. And then they that's it. They're done. Yeah. And, you know, talking about that, man, another thing, too, is that I have a, I have a close friend of mine who works in Manhattan in the DEA office. And um, his boss is a retired, like, general, like, infantry officer. And he literally tells me, he's like, bro, this guy, bro, he expects all of us to be like Marine privates 
He's like, if we're like a minute late, he'll close the door and he won't let us in. And he's and, and literally he makes it known to everybody that he was in the Marine Corps, he was an officer. And it's like, bro, that shit's done. No one cares yeah. that you bro, people don't understand that, bro. Like yeah. bro, the transition's too hard. Bro, like when you get out of the Marine Corps as a sergeant major, a civilian doesn't even know what the fuck a sergeant major is, bro. The civilian only knows captain and sergeant and private. Those are the only three ranks a civilian knows because that's the, all the movies talk about. So yeah. at the end of the day, I'm not, and I'm not talking trash about people who retire. I'm not saying that. Yeah. But you you have to remember that those days are over. No yep. one gives a fuck. No one's going to walk by you and say, good morning, Sergeant Major. No, bitch. Because <laughs> now you can say good morning to me too. Yeah. <laughs> Oh shit. Um, the hardest thing I think for people to understand is that I can understand it with the older guys because you know, they're in maybe 25 years, 30 years. That's all they've known for their adulthood is like the military type lifestyle. Yeah. I can understand it from them. It's the guys that are in for four, maybe eight years. And those are the guys that are bitching about, you know, oh, I got, I got fucked here, I got fucked there, and then they get out, and it's very hypocritical for them to. They're on every Silky's hike, they're doing the twenty-two push-up challenge, they're fucking, you know, they're doing all the fucking shit, right? And they're, you know, Veterans Day, you know, two days before they're putting their fucking old Cax pictures up as their profile pictures. No, bro, they're, my my favorite ones. My favorite ones, and I told this in one of my podcasts, my favorite ones are the motherfuckers who got kicked out of the Marine Corps and are like, bro, I'll go to Iraq tomorrow to fucking kill some Hajis, bro. It's like, no, you can't because you got kicked out of the military. You can't <laughs> even be drafted, bitch. So no, you, you're not going anywhere. You can't even contract. <laughs> yeah, you, you lost your shot, bro, because you're an idiot. Yeah, that's what I'm terrified of doing. Like as a stand-up, is like blowing my shot, right? And like, I just have a bunch of like awkward fear. Like I know that it's unrealistic fears, but it's just because I'm moving into something new and it's fresh and it's fucking exciting, and I'm nervous about it because like it's it's a very open venue, right? Like it's you, a mic, and a stage, and then you have people you need to entertain, right? So like, it's it's nerve wracking when you put effort into joke writing and stuff and then it flops. Like I've told plenty of jokes that just fell like dead ears. Like it was just crickets. Right. Yeah. And this wasn't even on stage. This is like me telling jokes at a fucking at my buddy's party. I'm like, yo, can I get everybody circle up real quick? Watch I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a rip some jokes real quick. And then I just fucking bomb dude. And the room is just silent. Everybody's like, all right, so you're going to start telling the jokes? Or? And I'm like, all right, you you know, you know, be quiet. Shut, shut the fuck up. All right? I'm trying. But um, there was a fucking, dude, what was the other thing I had? So it's funny that you mentioned the, uh, the guys that got kicked out. You mentioned a story where you were a, uh, a performing whiz quizzer. And a gentleman had came up to you to speak about uh, possibly getting the old uh, hookup. And I annotated this note as compromising friends. And I've, I've ran into that before where 
you know, somebody who's supposed to be close to you, they kind of put you in a situation where now it's like, all right, so I have two options. I can stay with the friend or I can go organization and like just let it sort itself out. I don't necessarily have to um, put myself in a compromising situation if I just let somebody know what happened, right? So I think, and in today's climate, especially with police officers, I think this is the situation that a lot of organizations are having right now is that so many things have been running a certain way for so many years it's expected that some stuff is off the books and then in both, you know, the blue line motherfuckers and the, what it was the military, the red line, whatever in those situations, like you have to do what feels right to you. And if you're not doing what's right morally, like in your, like with your compass, yeah, like, it shouldn't be happening, right? So, like, well, yeah, and that's the and that's the thing. That's the again that brings it back to the name of my show. You, you, you are either some you you're either semper fi or you're not. Yeah, you can't you? It can't be. Oh, one day I am, and one day I'm not. Yeah, because the reality of and the reason why I told that story is because if you were my friend, then you would have never compromised my my rank like that. You would have yeah. never put yourself and myself in a position to even do that. Yep. So at that moment, it really shows you who people really are. And that's yeah. the thing like you're talking about, like a lot of people at the end of the day, right? And this is what I was saying on the, my podcast is the, the, whether it's the Marine Corps, whether it's being a law enforcement officer, whatever it is, they're going to give you your set of that. Va- they're going to give you their set of values, right? Yep. But at the same time, you were indoctrinated and brought up by your own family and your own values and morals. You've got a mix. So, so at the end of the day, you have to do what you feel is right, but you you have to also be accountable to what you what decision you make. Yeah. At the end of the day, like if you're not gonna like if as a you know I'm not a cop, but if you're not gonna say something because this dude did some shit you know isn't right, well then you know should you really still be a cop? You know. And it's the same thing with being a Marine. If you know that this thing that's going on isn't okay, then maybe you shouldn't be, if you're going to allow it to happen, then maybe that's your time to just hang up your coat and say, you know what, this isn't me no more. Yeah. Because it's about the institution and it's about- I think it's also because there aren't too many options to kind of get out of your contract that aren't negative in, um, like negative in context, right? So like- there are ways to get out of a contract um and admin separation isn't necessarily a bad thing it's just an administrative separation from the military usually um it just usually is paired with a dishonorable because something negative happened to cause the administrative uh release right yeah so i think if if people genuinely felt like they are just not suited. And I think it's something that isn't utilized enough. Like admin SEP is usually, and this is just me being real. It's guys who are either malingering or, um, just really suck at their job. 
which is fine. Like you can be a shitty Marine and still be a good human being. The part I don't like is that in today's society, right? I think it's pretty well documented that veterans are killing themselves at an astronomical rate. What I don't like is that when you have new guys, right? And this was before I left the infantry. The biggest issue that we were having is that at least one guy per platoon, maybe two, were utilizing uh, suicide as an excuse to get out of field ops. They would go to four alpha. They would, uh, for you guys that don't know, it's just a medical uh, yeah. section of the hospital yeah. where they take patients where they're, you know, they're they're not necessarily stripped, but they take away outside uh, contact. So you really just kind of focus on yourself, and it's it's meant to really help people who are in need. But you get malingerers who um, they overutilize that, and they go back like numerous times. I'm like, all right, how have we not? even thought about separating this kid like we we go on a field up and we can't even hand him a weapon like why is he here well but you know it's crazy not even that though bro this 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 shit that you're talking about is is it happens as early as boot camp yeah because there's kids literally and we have this discussion right that i had this discussion with people and literally there's people who were there and they tell you this they're like listen before your kids go to boot camp let them know to not talk to anybody who gets dropped because they're going to put some sick shit in their head. And then once that kid hears that shit, he's done. And he'll never go back, right? And no shit. There's people who decide, I'm going to quit. I'm going to drop. And then they're like, hey, man, if you want to get out of this and go home, just tell them you're going to commit suicide. You'll be home in a week. And unfortunately, that's literally a lot of what happens. Is yeah. People, and, and that's why, again, like you're saying, it's like, it sucks because the and then it becomes like a bad thing. First of all, it puts a bad taste in people's mouth. And then at the same time, as a leader, it's like you can't, you're in the predicament where you can't, like, oh, I don't believe this dude. And then all of a sudden, tomorrow, he was yeah. really serious. Yeah. So it's like, it's like, what the fuck do you do? Like, yeah. What do you, you have to treat every situation. And I get it. Like, people have to treat every situation as a real situation. But I think as soon as there's a pattern built, I think there should be an extended process. And this is me just talking out of my ass. This is not what the Marine Corps believes. This is not what the military believes. This is just me talking out of my ass from what I've seen and my experiences. Um, and I know I'm not the only one that has uh, seen this stuff. But it's we're, we're, it's not only a military thing. People... People use that to like people. It's the same thing as like calling out sick to yeah. your fucking job, yeah. right? Like yeah. they you they use their sick day for vacation day. They're not really sick. It's it's been going bro, on had, in the workplace for forever. Bro, I had a kid that I put in the Marine Corps, and like and and this like so I put like fifty seven people in the Marine Corps when I was a recruiter, and then I put like another hundred some odd as a ball when I was a boss. So I've put a lot of people in the Marine Corps, a lot of people that I actually sat down with, met families and stuff like that. Yeah. And um, there was this kid, and I uh, put him in the Marine Corps. Kid, dude, this story, this, so this kid, man, went from a 19 on the ASVAB to a fucking 77. Jesus. In in less than, in literally less than two months, bro. And so this, it was a phenomenon. Like, I, looked, I was like, how did this kid do this, right? So he ends up joining the Marine Corps, great kid, and I just never hear anything from him. 
And then all of a sudden, like two years later, I'm driving around Freehold and he comes up to my car asking me for money, not noticing who I was. So I roll my window and I'm like, hey, what's going on? And I'm like, I'm like, yo, I say his name and he's like, oh, shit, what's up, Bennett? I'm like, bro, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, I'm homeless. I was like, what do you mean, bro? Like, what do you mean you're homeless? He was like, well, I was in the Marine Corps. I was like, I know you were in the Marine Corps, bro. I put you in the Marine Corps. And he was like, yeah, you know, I told him I was going to commit suicide and kill myself because, you know, boot camp was kind of hard, man. And they just, and they administratively separated me. And, you know, now my family won't welcome me back in my house and I don't have a job. I really regret it. Like, <laughs> like I don't mean to laugh, but it's like, as my buddy would say, these are all self-inflicted wounds. Yeah, bro. <laughs> it's like, bro, you left Freehold to go do something better with your life. Yeah. And now you're back worse than you left. Yeah. And it's amazing to me that people will still go back to their hometown. Like, at that point, bro, just go travel somewhere. Like, get some life experience somewhere else. Bro, that's crazy. Like, that's the one thing that kills me. It's like you said, man. Like, a lot of these dudes were like, oh, I hate the Marine Corps. I'm getting out. All right, what are you doing? I'm going to go home. Oh, so you're 22 years old and you're going to go home and live with your mom. Yep. Oh, yeah, definitely, bro. That's, that's good. I'm glad that you're going to do that. Like... Bro, you you could do so much more, and that's why it's so, and that's why the recruiting effort hurts so badly, and yeah. that's why it's such a hard job because you have these dudes who come back who are only who who didn't do anything, a lot of them didn't do shit right, so now they come back, they're working at fucking Home Depot, and yep. you're like you're like, bro, why aren't you doing this, this, and the third? But yet you got other dudes like my boy Ryan Cottrell, who recon marine who is now using his, he, he came home and now he's using his G, a GI bill to go to college to get his bachelor's degree. He's working, uh, working for some other company. He's doing all this shit and he's freaking banking money all because of the Marine Corps. You got yep. my other boy, my other boy, Stanley, my other boy, Stanley did this program through the Marine Corps where he got out six months early and he did the whole, he did realty school he went to college. He got all these certifications. Oh, it's called the Bridge Program. And he did all this shit. And now he's getting out of the Marine Corps and he's already making 100K a year as a realtor. Like, and, and, but yet there's people who are like, oh, the Marine Corps didn't do shit for me. No, 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 no. You didn't take all the opportunities you could have taken and you didn't do shit for yourself. Because that's yeah. the thing, bro. And that's what pisses me to fuck off about people is that everyone will always point the finger at the Marine Corps. But then they'll never tell you how much of a shitbag they were. They'll never yep. tell you that they were, you know, the guy who didn't do shit, the guy who sucked at his job. Like, bro, I'll tell you firsthand. I was a shitbag Lance Corporal, bro. I was a fucking turd. I'm going to tell you that right now. But I learned. I got better. I know for a fact that I wouldn't have shit if it wasn't for the Marine Corps, bro. I was a, uh, a tryhard. So okay. every time I always try to do something right, I uh, <laughs> I would always fuck shit up by accident, so we would run uh, react drills on my first uh, on my first deployment, and funny story. So we the QRF for those of you guys that don't know, it's the Quick Reaction Force. 
was summoned and all that did all it does is you know you go to specific positions that aren't necessarily already manned right well in the middle of me trying to get to my uh position i guess over comms it was stated that it was canceled so everybody came back for accountability and <laughs> i <laughs> over comms they're like yo where are y'all at and i'm still up in my position i walk back and this was this post was called 3 out or 3 bravo and <laughs> everybody's sitting there waiting for accountability and i'm telling you it's like ball it's like two or three o'clock in the fucking morning it was just it was just a drill and i just caused everybody else to fucking uh they (laughs) they were stuck waiting for me i was at that post for like an hour i'm like yo where is everybody like why am i not hearing anything and it had been canceled like an hour prior so i was just sitting there and just like an asshole just like posted up ready (laughs) <laughs> but that was me. So like, and I've learned from that. Like I was very naive and I was like, you know, gung ho Marine Corps, blah, 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 blah. And I knew it was going to be a career for me. So I was like, I was very, I was very invested. And the thing I noticed that the guys who, uh, there are a lot of guys who said they were going to stay in and wind up getting out. And the guys who were just kind of floating in the middle, those guys that did the second enlistment, uh, and got out at like eight years, those guys are way better off uh, than the four-year guys. And I think it's because people don't get, like, your first four years in the military suck. Like, that's for yeah. everybody. It just bro, sucks. You're like the new anything, guy. Bro. You're the new so, guy. You're bro, it, it's like, like, bro, it's like anything, bro. If you go work a job anywhere, bro, you're not going to start off at the top. Yeah, you're at, in, you in the porn bro, industry. Bro. In the in the porn industry, you start off as the towel boy, bro. Bro, you're you're a freaking bro. You're a fucking worker bee. That's it. You're gonna do it. You're gonna do your job. And yeah. that's why, like, bro, like when I was a recruiter, I I never fluffed people. Yeah. I, I never fluffed people, bro. I yeah. told people, listen, you're gonna hate your life. It's gonna happen. But you gotta understand that if you're the only one that cares about your career. And that you have to do the what's best for you. And yep. I tell everybody, bro, your first four years, they might be great, but nine times out of ten, they're gonna suck. Especially if Valid. you're somewhere where you can't travel or you got, you know, leave bad. And then all those things are because of some marine who fucked up. Yep. Like it's all your like, and that's what that's why I try to explain people like, bro, like even with the reserve program, there's people who are like, Bro, I was in the reserve for six years and I didn't do shit. Okay. Well, because you didn't volunteer. Yeah. Like I, I have friends of mine, like my boy Hubbard. I'm gonna have him on the podcast at some point. But dude, he's been in the Marine Corps as much as I have, and he's been to Japan, Korea, all of these different places, Bahrain, Afghanistan, all these different places as a reservist. And it's simply because he was in the right place at the right time, and he freaking applied. He rose himself, his hand. Yeah. And he said, "Hey, I'll go," and that's it. So yeah. when people when people talk all this shit about. Oh, the Marine Corps didn't do shit for me. Bro, it's probably because you fucking suck. Like, at the end of the day, bro, you probably fucking were trash. That's the hard pill to swallow. Like, and that's the funny part, is that people say, oh, I was the best at this. And then you'll meet people who they know, and they're like, bro, that dude was garbage. That dude was garbage. And you're and like, let's, oh. And let's also not, let's not, let's not forget, you know, 
D1 athletes don't go to the military. Like, let's be honest. You don't have a lot of shit going for you if you go to the military, right? I will say that is a stigma. Like, I didn't have shit going for me, and that was only because I had planned to go into the military. There are a lot of officers that might turn down uh, scholarships and things like that in order to go into the military. Cool, more power to you. I'm sure you've met plenty of officers who are probably regretting that decision. But I'm saying, if you're on an NFL track, right, and you have good chances of making it into the NFL, chances are you're probably going to turn down that Marine Corps contract is what I'm getting at, right? Yeah. So, but but, at, but to, to, to kind of go against that, like, I know what you're talking about, like, the, the NFL or, like, football or, or whatever, boxing, whatever. But you gotta do. You do gotta realize though that there are some. Like I had a female, um, overweight female. She was like fifty pounds over, and she had, she had, she had um, scholarships to Ivy League schools. Like literally, she could go to fucking Harvard, Yale. Like she went to biotech here in Jersey. Yeah. And bro, when I tell you, bro. She got a 99 on the practice ASVAB and the same day went to take the ASVAB, got a 99. Her score didn't register, so she had to retake the ASVAB, still got a 99. Like, this girl's a fucking genius, bro. And literally, we were like, why are you joining the Marine Corps? And she was like, because I can go to that Ivy League school four years from now. Or I can go to that Ivy League school while I'm in the Marine Corps. She was like, but I'm never going to know what it feels like to have pride in myself if I yeah. don't do this. She's like, I want to earn the Eagle of an Anchor. She's like, it's going to be more to me. She's like, anybody can get a degree. So, like, yes, I agree. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. But there are a lot of people who could have done a lot of better things but decide that the service is more important to them. Yeah, that changed that actually changed my opinion on that a little bit because I think it's mostly because I was with the the sand pounders that we aren't all the brightest bunch, right? I think I got like maybe a 55 or like a 36 on my on my ASVAB. So like we weren't the smartest bunch. Yeah. But I also think it was my environment, right? Like I've met some pretty smart dudes who went in the uh went in the infantry and I was like, what are you doing here? Wait, like yeah. why, why are you here? You know, like well, at least, at least lap move, right? Like get, yeah. get into a job where like your brain will get put to work. Like this isn't the area you need to be in. This is not where you're going to thrive. And a lot of those guys would do their four, get out and they're pretty successful on the way out. But, um, I was just speaking from my experience, but I think that changes my, I mean, granted that's one case. Um, it really and I was depends, I was bro. speaking it, in like a generality, but no, yeah, of course, bro. It's just it really just depends, man. Because it's just the one thing that I've been learning a lot recently is just you never know what anyone's going through and why their why is their why. Yeah, and and you can't say anything about it because at the end of the day, you're not them and and they're not you. So like, because like I, same thing talking about infantry, bro. I had plenty of people who got 90 some odds on their ASVAB. And I, yep. was, and I was like, bro, are you sure you really want to go infantry? And they were like, and, and 
and they were like, yeah. Like, bro, I had this dude, I'll never forget it, bro. This dude, swear to God, looked like John Cena. Literally, the fucking size, face. The fucking dude, unit. <laughs> literally, literally looked like John Cena, bro. <laughs> and he comes into my office, and he's he had, his, he had a bachelor's degree. <coughs> he had a bachelor's degree, could have gone officer, got a 90-some-odd on the ASVAB. Dude was doing 30-some-odd pull-ups. And he walks in and he goes, I want to be a Marine. I was like, all right, awesome. I was like, what do you want to do? I want to go infantry. I was like, okay, why? And he's like, listen, four years ago, I wanted to join at 17. My parents told me no. And here I am. I'm ready to go. I'm done with college. I was like, well, why don't you want to be an officer? He was like, I just don't want to do it. So then I put him, so when someone has a bachelor's degree, you have to put them on the phone with an officer. Because they have to at least be given the opportunity to go officer. It's yeah. just part of the rules. So I was like, all right, man. I was like, listen, you're going to have to talk to this captain. And you're going to have to tell him what's going on with you and why you don't want to go. And I was like, I'm not telling you not to go. Because I was like, you, should, you know, it would be a great opportunity for you. So I'm like, all right. So I put the dude on the phone with the dude. And this dude literally straight out, the captain answers the phone. And he's like, what's going on, Ben? I'm like, hey, sir, I got this kid on the phone. He wants to talk to you. I was like, so here, here you go. So the kid gets on the phone with him. And literally, the sir is like, hey, so what's going on, man? I heard you got this, this, and this. You got a degree, da-da-da. And the kid goes, sir, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I don't want to be an officer, so I'd rather this conversation just end right now. And the captain's like, are you really going to have to talk to me like that? Start bugging out on him. And the kid was like, listen, sir, I dealt with officers while I was at Norwich University, Yeah. and I just don't like you. He was like, I don't like your kind. I don't like who you are. He was like, but I like enlisted uh, enlisted Marines who went officer. He was like, I like my Mustangs. He was like, so if I do go your route, it's not going to be until I'm, I'm a corporal or a sergeant. And he straight out was like, he wasn't disrespectful. Yeah. He was like, he just literally was like, listen, I don't agree with it. I want to earn. And he, the, the fucked up part was, he goes, I want to actually earn my EGA. And I was like, Ooh. I was like, oh, I was like, bro. And, but now, like I said, bro, this now he now this dude, he's a scout sniper. Um, he's a corporal. He just became a, a scout sniper, and he's actually going. I believe he's going to go Marsoc, I think. But dude, bro, dude sounds like that'd be a, a good option for him. Yeah, and he was, you know, he was somebody who had a degree. He, you know, had a lot. He could have done a lot different things but he just always had that call to serve and yeah. his parents forced him against it and then finally he was like no nah, i'm gonna do it so it's super funny that you uh mentioned that too because i also had a note um there's a situation where you explained a senior leader um was talking to a junior and the i couldn't remember the context of it in the at, at right now but it was like uh they had talked to them i guess like as a marine first and not as a man it might have been to you i think it was a story that you explained that like it was a personal story from from your experience mm -hmm. and i think and i guess this is kind of in line with the black lives matter everybody just assumes that Cops are cops and they're always cops and it's never, you know, a human being behind the badge. And I think that 
it's very applicable to uh, the military. The, the only difference with the military is that everybody in the lifestyle is uh, military. So like there's very few situations where um, when you're speaking with a leader, it's hard for them to turn that switch off and talk man to man. Um, and I think a lot, and I think a lot of leaders would benefit from, um, I guess you could say broing down with so, their, so, with their, with their juniors. So that's why, that's why people, people ask me, right? It's so like deep, bro. When I tell you that the reserves and active duty are two completely different worlds. Yeah. Like you'll never you'll never understand it. And, and I say that because you'll have active duty Marines get out of the Marine Corps and they'll go to a reserve unit. And I promise you the numbers, nine out of 10 active duty Marines will check in for one drill. And the first thing the CEO will say is, I'll see you tomorrow with your checkout sheet. It happens every time. Because active duty Marines see reservists and they just don't, they, they, sometimes they're like, bro, these aren't even fucking real Marines. Yeah. I don't like, and they have this idea in their head, this stigma, and they'll be like, and it's all over Facebook, all over this shit. They're trash, they're this, they're bro. All right, whatever. Bro, the thing that people don't understand is that, and I had this conversation the other day with another dude, is that as a reservist, there's a different type of leadership that you have to have. Yeah. And that's because you have dudes that are, like I have Lance Corporals that make a hundred grand a year, bro. I have Lance Corporals that work for literally that are some, so actually I have Lance Corporals that are CEOs of their own company. Yeah. So, so now mind you, is this Lance Corporal still going to come to me at parade rest? Is he still going to give me the reference? Yeah, of course he is. But at the end of the day though, I'm not going to talk to that dude like he's lesser than me. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, this dude actually might know a hell of a lot more than I do. Yeah. So like with, and that's the thing is it's such a different life because. Well, you're talking to people who like, I, I, I define it as like, you're talking to people who have like grown man bills and you're yeah. treating them like children. Yeah. Because like, and that's the thing is like, and again, it's not like, and that's the argument that people have, right? Oh, I can go fix a, you know, a hundred thousand dollar aircraft, but I got to do a field day. Okay. Bitch. The reason why you got to do a field day is because if you didn't do a field day, your barracks room would look like a hotel room. Yeah. That's just cause you don't have fucking rea- And that's the reality of it, bro. Like, yep. That's just cause you're not accountable to yourself. But at the end of the day, like what I'm trying to get at is that it, it, the, the leadership is so different. That's why I'm saying like, I had somebody close to me tell me years ago, two things that you're a man before you're a Marine and that you, that you have, that you have to respect the rank, but you don't have to respect the man. Yeah. And it's, and it's reality because, and it's, you know, kind of just going off on a different thing, but like before I was saying with the whole greeting of the day, something that's always pissed me off is that as a junior Marine, as a, a boot camp, you're taught, customs and courtesies right why is it that if if sergeant major so-and-so walked by me and i didn't notice him 
that he can't say good morning to me. Yeah. Why is it a problem that I didn't say good morning to you? Yeah. Do you rate more of a good morning than I do? Yeah. Like it and doesn't, the, it doesn't those make are the sense to me. Those are the same. Well, here's the thing. Those are the same guys that find it hard transition. And the thing we were talking about before, those are the guys that they they're unable to apply it to the private sector, which, you know, civilian life, whatever, because um, that shit doesn't just it like it doesn't like being a good person. You say hi to something like you recognize when someone enters a room, right? Like, oh, hey, how you doing? You know, like, you know, how was your weekend? Whatever you're doing, small talk. You know, uh, the thing is, is that people get so it's so expectant from people to do that for so long that they assume that's how it is out in the private sector. And, and I will say this, the private sector is going to be a lot more scrutiny. They're going to have a lot more scrutiny over your, your performance and your ability to gel with a company. Like if you're, if you're not flexible and you're not able to talk to everybody with respect and like, you can't, you can't yell at people in the middle of a fucking Aldi's, right? Like that's yeah. just not going to happen. Like, why didn't you stock the fucking lettuce? It's like, well, what? Well, I'm 14, dude. Like this is my first fucking job, you know, like I'm going to fuck up. And those guys have a, a real issue transitioning. Um, well, bro, it's funny. So I don't know if you heard. So I'll tell you this story just because like your listeners, because they did, if they don't listen to my podcast, they would have yeah. heard it. So it's funny. That Go listen to Semper sometimes. This, right? So, um, so years ago when I was in Afghanistan, there was this dude, I'll, I'll, I'll say his name because it's funny as hell. You probably won't listen to this or whatever. So there was this dude, Magulik, right? And Magulik was this really, really tall, I think he was Polish. Um, he reminds you of like the guy from Rocky, fucking, um, the guy that, that he beats. The Dolph Russian? Lund- Dolph Lund- yeah, Dolph, Lund- Dolph Lundgren's character. I don't yeah. remember his name, but whatever. So this dude, Magulik, would talk to you and he'd be like, what's going on, Sergeant? Hi, Sergeant. And he had like kind of a lift. And he'd be like, what's going on? Thanks, Cobra Magulik. And that's how the dude would talk, right? And um, so we got back from the mission. It was like 2 a.m. And we're showering in the heads. And in Afghanistan, there's no curtain. So literally, you're just showering in the head. And right across from you, there's another dude showering in the head with no curtain. Yeah, meat to meat. So we had this sergeant major, this African-American dude. And he was standing across. So Magulik gets out. And he starts wiping himself off with the towel. And uh, the sergeant major looks at him right across from him and looks at him and goes, you're not going to give me the proper greeting of the fucking day? <laughs> and Magulik looks at him and goes, sergeant major, your dick's hanging out. <laughs> and, he, yo, and he just gets blasted. And he just ended up putting his towel on and he walked the fuck out. Yeah, and it was like, and that just stuck with me for my whole entire life. Yeah, because I'm like, bro. First of all, it's two o'clock in the morning. You notice that this dude's camis have dirt all over them. You know he just got off the road. His body is doused in fucking dirt. Like, and and the only thing you're gonna tell him is that he has to shave his face and give you the proper greeting of the day. Yeah, bro, let that motherfucker go get a meal. Yeah, like, you're you're out here hella assed up, just fucking washing your dick from the fucking fob. Yeah. Yeah, no, I fucking feel that, man. It's 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 hard because I'm trying to apply what I've learned and like see where it fits into the private sector, right? Like I've got management skills, I've got accountability skills, like 
logistics, administrative. Like if you really want to break it down, it really does offer a lot to you. So there's oh, like, yeah. there's nuances you need to know when you're you're writing your resume. But, um, yeah, I just thought it was funny that like dudes just expect expect that shit when they get out when they like. You are a man before yeah. you are anything else. Bro, they, they respect reverence because they've gotten it for so long, and they don't they don't realize. And that's why it's so different. Like if you were to meet a sergeant major in the reserves, and uh, you you can tell that I don't want to say that there's a very difference, but someone who spent thirty years in the civilian sector while in the Marine Corps, they're just two totally different people. Yeah, understandable. They, they've had to coincide. Yeah, and. And it's just nuts, man. Because like, even right now, like, I, I, even though like, I just got off of active duty, so like when I'm dealing with my new job, like bro, I, I, I find myself constantly checking in with my boss. And I'll be like, hey, I'll be like, hey, I just got to work. Hey, I made 150 phone calls. Hey, I have three appointments tomorrow. And she'll literally call me into her office and she'll be like, Doug, I don't care. She'll just be like, Doug, you don't have to tell me good morning every time you talk to me. You don't have to tell me good afternoon all day long. You don't got to tell me good night. Like, literally, bro, I'm so used to it that at 9 o'clock at night, if I text her, I'm like, good evening. I'm sorry to bother you. She's like, Doug, I don't give a fuck. Just tell me what it is you got to tell me. She's like, you don't got to give me the proper greeting. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, my bad. I'm like, Do I got duty tomorrow? I'm like, yo, it's 12 years of me doing this shit. Like, I'm sorry. I don't need you coming yeah. to my house and yelling at me because I didn't say good morning to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. man. It's fucking, it's insane. And yeah, the best, I think the best advice I can give to guys, and like, I haven't even gotten out. So like, that's an experience of, in and of its own. But um yeah, I would just say make sure you're setting yourself up for success. I think that would be the biggest takeaway. Bro, that that's the biggest thing, bro. Everybody that I know that it, that is that there's either really people really successful people or you're not. That's it. It's just one of the two. I don't believe like I, I really don't feel that there's like a middle. It's either you are or you're not. And yeah. the thing is is that a lot of people just don't plan. And that's literally why the Marine Corps gives you time to transition out. Like yep. the Marine Corps literally designed it for you to go get a suit, for you to go to get interviewed. Like, bro, the Marine Corps literally is like, hey, listen, we want you to be successful. But at the end of the day, if you're not going to do it, like, bro, you know how many people just don't even use their GI Bill or don't even know how to fuck to use their GI Bill? It's insane. Like, it, it's it's a crazy. Like, myself, I'm not going to lie. Like, I, I never used mine, but my wife used it. So I gave mine to my wife. Yeah. So, like, and I'm about to, I'm about to use mine now, but... It's just the reality of it, man. Like so many people blame the Marine Corps when really it was themselves and they could have done more for themselves and they just didn't. And yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we'll wrap it up here. I'm going to give you a, a good chunk. Where can we find your podcast? And uh, yeah, what, what do you got going on in the next couple of uh, weeks? Um, so I actually got a lot going on. I have a lot of uh, more. So, so far, like I said, I have seven recruiting episodes. I had a lot of people who reached out to me about that. So I'm actually going to open it up to like doing some training type stuff. So if people want, you know, ask questions about how to do better or whatever, I'll, I'm going to do some of that. Um, and then any advice they need, I'm going to have some people telling their story. Um, and then next week I have a, uh, a Marine Corps musician who just got out of the Marine Corps. 
So she's going to talk about her travel and stuff that she's done. Nice. Um, and talk about some stuff that she's dealt with in the Marine Corps. Um, and then, yeah, that's really it right now. I have a lot. Like, my for whatever reason, my recruiting episodes are the ones that were skyrocketing. Um, I think that's because a lot of the people that I know are recruiters. Um, so maybe that's it. I don't know. Um, but I'm still trying to make a mixture of everything. Um, and then I'm on Spotify. I'm on Anchor, just like you. So if you just go on Spotify and just look up Semper Sometimes. Um, and then on Instagram, I am at Semper underscore Sometimes. Um, and then I have a Facebook page, Semper Sometimes. Um, and yeah, like and, and my biggest thing, man, and I don't know if this is the same for you, but right now, if I could make money, that'd be great. But it's for me, it's not about that. It's just the camaraderie, telling stories, getting people's stories out there, um, and not forgetting about people who, who did some awesome shit. Yeah, man. My biggest my biggest reason for this podcast, I've said it since day one, this is not for monetization. This is not for, while that would be cool and all to get paid for something I enjoy, I genuinely just, I'm just trying to make people laugh. I'm just yeah. trying to make people laugh and, and get some good conversations in while I'm at it. So I can't thank you enough. Thanks for coming on. I hope to get on your podcast here soon. Yeah, and uh, I appreciate the phone call, man. Thanks so much. All Inside right. us, everybody, Doug Bennett, the man, the myth, the recruiter. Go talk to him if you want to uh, get into the military. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Peace. Thanks, homie.